Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Today's Issues here on the American Family Radio Network for this Thursday, October the 7th. We thank you for listening, as always. Or as always, we thank you for listening to American Family Radio. Joining me in studio is Fred Jackson. Good morning, Tim. Welcome home. Uh, good to be back. Mm-hmm. Uh, just went a few hours away over in Alabama to uh, our AFA retreat. We have a lot of our supporters were there, and it was nice to meet them and see them. And uh, Chris Woodward's in studio. Good morning. How you doing, Chris? I'm well, thank you. COVID-free? Uh, as far as I know. I hope. Yes, sir. Yeah. Am I spilling the beans here? Did everybody know you had that? Uh, I had, yeah. I tested positive uh, a week, 10 days ago. Which was a negative thing. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, I stayed at home, and uh, we we dealt with it from home. Uh, Mm -hmm. Took some medicine, got some rest. Yeah. Um, So thank you very much for your thoughts and prayers uh, during our time. And Dr. Ray Pritchard's in Kansas City, Kansas. Good morning, Ray. Good morning, Tim. How you doing? It was good to see you. Over at uh, over at the retreat. Hey, we had a blast. That mm-hmm. was uh, was Purcell Farms, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Purcell I, I, Farms. Outside uh, of Sylacauga, mm-hmm. pretty nice place, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, it's like this oasis in the middle of the Alabama mm-hmm. forest. <laughs> I mean, <it's> very, <laughs> you huh? you go down one country road, you turn down another country road. Yeah. you think you're you think you're in the middle of just as far in the country as you can go, and suddenly there it is. It's a uh, that's a great place and a, and a great golf course. Now, did you get to spend any time on the golf course at all? I did. Uh, I was able to play some bad golf uh, in <laughs> at Farm Links. Uh, it's it's, an, it's really one of the top golf courses, if not in Alabama. Wow. Not the top, but usually rated. So, yeah, got to play with some friends, and and uh, it was fun. I had an enjoyable time. And most of all, uh, most importantly, got to spend uh, three days with a lot of our supporters, Ray. We had we had folks, AFR listeners, friends, supporters from all over the South, but from the Midwest, and I mean we folks uh, folks from here in Kansas made the trip mm-hmm. to the retreat, and then I Montana, from, Arizona, yeah, uh, Michigan. Ohio, Michigan, all over the country. Just we had, a short trip in the car. Yeah, yeah, for us, that's why we did it there. Uh, didn't have to travel too far. Anyway, again, uh, it was nice to meet everybody. Many of them may be listening to us right now. If you want to watch uh, this here show, ladies and gentlemen, on the Internet, go to YouTube or Facebook and simply type in Today's Issues. You type in Today's Issues on Facebook or YouTube, and you can watch the show there. On the Facebook page, we also post the stories that we discuss, so uh, you can have access to that information for yourself. By the way, is Alex McFarland going to be on or not? He's not. Is there a point? Is there a reason for that, Brent? Uh, we wanted Alex to be he's, on. But. He's got a conference coming up, so he's doing some preparations of getting that ready for his folks to come in. He's and, prioritizing his day. Yes, sir. And we're not a part of that. Correct. Gotcha. Well, Alex once did, you know, like a thir- thousand sermons in in twenty minutes. Uh, come on, you know. Yeah, I'm just I'm just teasing. Alex is uh, Alex works twenty hours a day, so we'll, and that's cutting back. <laughs> 
<laughs> like hey, Jake from hey, State Farm has got khakis in, on before it. Before we get into the uh, news of the day, I wanted to ask you, Ray, I saw you for the first time in a long time, I don't know, maybe uh, – six months or so at least uh, or maybe longer maybe i don't know how long because the pandemic you know stopped all the it's been a while since we've been down to tupelo so yes so i saw you and hardly recognized you i said ray (laughs) you you dropped some weight and man you slimmed down hadn't you yeah since about uh march i've lost about 30 pounds good for you and uh you know i dropped down a couple of pant sizes and my wife went out and bought the whole new wardrobe, but we were. How did we you were, do that? All right, you know, I want, this what I, I know the answer to the question before I ask it, but I wanted folks to listen to it because I'd never heard this before. Well, my wife and I went on this uh, intermittent fasting. We had a friend that uh, from Germany who works with Word of Life, and we saw him a year or two ago, and he'd lost a bunch of weight with this intermittent fasting. So we tried it, and for me especially, it has worked very well. Basically, Tim. You, you pick an eight-hour period, eight hours out of the 24, right? Mm-hmm. And basically the rules are during that eight hours, you can eat as much as you want, whatever you want. And then for the other 16 hours, you don't eat anything at all. That's the intermittent fasting part. So for for me, starting at my eight hours of eating are from 11 a.m. and they go to 7 p.m. And then from 7 p.m., all night long into the morning until 11 a.m., you don't eat at all. And um, I was skeptical that that was going to work. And it, it takes the body a couple of days to adjust to any sort of new diet. But once I got started, um, I lost two or three pounds a week. And so have gone down about 30 pounds since March. And it has, for me at least, it has worked very, very well. I also did a little bit of that keto. You know, keto is a kind of a diet, but my keto is really um, – uh, the, the real serious keto people would say, Ray, you're cheating. So we'll just say intermittent fasting. <laughs> you eat for eight hours and then you don't for 16. And it, it has certainly helped me a great deal. I wonder if the reverse would work. What? Uh, eat for 16? Eat for 16 <laughs> and don't for the eight hours that you sleep overnight. I, I, I just wonder, you know, how that would work out. You know, it Fred, would it, it would work, but probably not the way you intend for it to work. Yeah, it it would work, Fred. Uh, you would need wardrobe changes of a that's, different kind. That's right. Uh-huh. Or you know, buy some of those really expansive pants. You yeah, know, that, yeah. Uh, uh, those things. Uh, I, I just when I heard Ray tell, tell about it, I said you got to tell our listeners about this because maybe it's something people want. You can go on the internet and read about it. Right. There's a website for what's it called? The intermittent fasting. It, intermittent fasting, and you can set up your own rules. You can pick the eight hours, but yeah, check it out on the internet. Google intermittent fasting, and uh, it certainly has helped me. Now you can't. You don't want to load up on cupcakes during that eight hours i guess but, yes you I mean, do <laughs> oh you do okay well, well you, I mean, the, the point is to. you don't really have to watch what you eat not uh, too much not too much you just restrict much. it to that eight hours and over time that will cause you to uh well you know tim here's appreciate. here's my deal is i love to snack in the evening right right eight thirty you know go to the kitchen ten o'clock go back to the kitchen comfort if I food get, yeah, if yeah. I got to get up and go to the restroom, bathroom during the night, go to the kitchen and see mm-hmm. what's happened between one and two in the morning. You know, <laughs> and see if the Lord has just spontaneously put something in there. <laughs> yes, yeah, there's some manna from heaven out there. If you cut all that out, you're going to just just cut out that kind of late night right. snacking, and you're going to lose some weight. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, Christopher, 
Thanks. You're going to make me kill the mood. All right. Uh, it's what I do. All right. So uh, President Joe Biden is going to be in Chicago today, not to talk about ways to maybe reduce the number of people using guns to shoot and harm one another. Uh, instead, he's going to be touting his vaccine requirements in a trip to the Windy City today. Now, the White House maintains, and they've said this for days now, weeks really, uh, they seem to think they have broad public support for pushing vaccinations on uh, workers, federal workers and now private sector workers, because, as we have discussed in this program, uh, the president recently announced uh, the Department of Labor was going to be putting together a rule that private sector businesses must require their workers to be vaccinated or get a negative test on a regular basis. Here now is that audio uh, from a couple of weeks ago featuring Joe Biden. Clip one. The Department of Labor is developing an emergency rule to require all employers with 100 or more employees that together employ over 80 million workers to ensure their workforces are fully vaccinated or show a negative test at least once a week. Some of the biggest companies are already requiring this. United Airlines, Disney, Tyson's Food, and even Fox News. The bottom line, we're going to protect vaccinated workers from unvaccinated coworkers. We're going to reduce the spread of COVID-19 by increasing the share of the workforce that is vaccinated in businesses all across America. Now, guys, here is more evidence. That was two weeks ago. It was, yeah. Here is more evidence that the media is on the president's side here. Uh, USA Today is one of the news outlets that puts together a, a thing every morning, and it's five stories called Things You Need to Know Today. These are basically a way to brief Americans on what's going to be going on in the news today, and you should know about these things. Uh, in their coverage of this, they say, according to the White House analysis, vaccine requirements have broad public support and will help boost the economy by bringing workers back to the labor force. Nowhere in their summary of this does USA Today try to point to an example of a survey or a poll showing people are in support of this. And nowhere in their summary of it do they even push back on the uh, opinion from the uh, Biden administration that people do support this stuff. Quinnipiac. University has just done a poll, asked if students in grades uh, K to 12 should be required to take the COVID-19 vaccine once eligible for the shot. 68% of respondents that have children under 18 said they do not believe the vaccine should be mandatory. So there you have it. We also have news this morning, and I believe this is in New York, where cases where now healthcare workers have lost their jobs because they refuse to take the vaccine. There are hospitals now that are canceling elective surgery because of that. There are nursing homes that are really short of staff right now. So for Joe Biden, basically to paint this rosy picture of vaccination and mask mandates, it is simply not true. Ray? Well, our president just goes from one mess to another. But I think maybe the worst mess is the one to come. If they move forward with this plan to to force vaccinate the children of America across the board, Fred, 68% think kids should not be forced to get the vaccine. You will see parents. We haven't seen anything yet to the kind of 
opposition and anger. There's going to be across the spectrum. You know, it's one thing to say to somebody who works six, uh, 35, 40 years old and telling an adult to mm-hmm. keep your job, you got to get the vaccine. That's bad enough. But you, you go messing with the kids of America, there's going to be a backlash like the White House has never seen. Yeah, and uh, Biden's poll numbers are horrible mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the word cratering has been used to describe them. I don't think going out to Chicago and doing some sort of, uh, you know, pep rally for your vaccine quote, your quote vaccine mandates is, I don't know who thought this was a good idea, but it's not a good idea because well, that's between, why they go to Chicago and not Texas. But but it just between the people who already uh, have a real issue, uh, a real problem with these. Uh, Listen, I'm going to say this again. To use the word vaccine, in my opinion, is a misappropriation of the word. Mm-hmm. A vaccine traditionally has stopped something from spreading. Polio. Or from affecting you. Yes. Small Stop Stops it dead in its tracks. This is a flu shot. Mm-hmm. It's if you want to call it a COVID shot, I'm good with that. Call it a COVID shot, and but the the continuous continuous use of the word vaccine, uh, it to me is a misappropriation of what traditionally Americans have understood as a vaccine. This is a shot, uh, which gives you antibodies, right? Mm-hmm. Which helps, which you hope will help protect you against severe uh, COVID. Um, um, you know, COVID, what am I looking for? Uh, problems. Yes. Okay. Okay. So that being said, between the people who uh, reject that idea of, of having forced to be, have a, have a shot, uh, something going to their bloodstream that's considered experimental, and the people who've, there are a lot of people out there Two, two other categories. One is, uh, and they're they're intermingled. Uh, there's also the people like Ray, for example, who've had uh, a, the COVID shot, the, the, the so vaccine. Who uh, that you've had the vaccine, but you don't like people being forced to or lose their jobs, do you, Ray? I mean, that you follow that's that hundred percent my my position. If 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 you need to get the vaccine, if it makes sense for you to do it, go right. ahead and do right. it. Right. Right. No, no problem Everybody there. has to make a judgment call mm-hmm. on risk-reward. That's exactly right. Okay. So, right. You, uh, so you, I just think that this is very unpopular with a majority. Maybe not a vast majority, but I think this is unpopular with a majority of Americans. This idea of forcing people to get a shot or you, or you cause them to lose their jobs. That is – that. That's what the federal government is trying to do now under the leadership of Joe Biden. And I don't think that's something you want to celebrate. And I think this is a, 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 I think this is a bad idea. Yeah. Now, continuing our discussion here, um, there is a story Seattle Times had this yesterday. A woman in King County, Washington, uh, died after getting a blood clot from the J&J vaccine, the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. Um, she is, according to the Drudge Report where, this where morning. Where did you get this? The Seattle Times. Okay. According to the Drudge Report this morning, she is the fourth person to have died 
after getting the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. Now, there have been a number of news reports about people developing uh, negative health experiences from the other shots. And those stories, including a guy last week on Fox & Friends, a police officer who was told Denver, you got to get a shot. This, yeah. Yeah. That guy claims he can't walk after getting the shot, which he was forced to take as a condition of employment. Those stories, which we bring to the table daily on this program, are why people are hesitant to get the shot or vaccine that Joe Biden wants them to get as a condition of employment. Yeah. And you I, don't hear enough about those stories beyond this news outlet. I'll tell you another others. thing that's absolutely shameful that Biden is doing is forcing our military personnel to into a dishonorable discharge mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if they don't get the shot. Uh, by the way, COVID right now is, is subsiding. Yes. In our country. And who knows whether it'll come back in a variant or not, or to what degree, you know, that will be, um, mm -hmm. that will be potent. But, uh, ha my, my question, so I, I think it's absolutely one of the shameful and disgraceful to force a, I, I Fred, you know, folks, mm -hmm. people in the military for a, a couple of decades, mm -hmm. uh, I don't know when you reach full. Is it 20 years when you reach full? You can retire. Benefits? Yes, 20 years. But uh, I was reading the other day, fellows, 19 years in the military, and he says, listen, I, I'm not going to, I've chosen, I've had COVID. I got mm -hmm. antibodies. I'm not going to inject myself with a bunch of other antibodies. He said, uh, but but Biden's wanting to push him out and say dishonorably. What does dishonorably discharge mean? Is well, that, don't does that your, mean? You don't get your pension. You mean you've worked all these years in the military, saved? Mm-hmm. You've got your benefits coming for serving your country, and Biden's wanting to say you're not going to get any of that unless you get the shot. And you're going to have a difficult time getting a private sector job if yeah. you have a di dishonorable That is, that is horrible. It is. Um, I, I'm just shocked, and I, I'm, I'm just of this belief. When the history books are written about this period, this forced vaccination, again, we're not opposed to the shot, all right? We're not opposed. Right. However... If you have natural immunity, if you've developed that, why should you then force that individual to have a, a shot? Yeah. I mean, if you've got You tell me. A, you tell me. Ray, why would you... Let's answer this. Why Why would you do that? Why, why, why wouldn't you... Well, you that? wouldn't, because natural immunity is a thing. Right. The, the mainstream media pretends they don't believe in it, but medical doctors have known for, for generations. They have known that you, you get a virus, builds up the antibodies, and when the virus is over, the antibodies are still there to keep on fighting it should it return. If you've got plenty of antibodies, what do you need the vaccine right. for? You don't yes. really need it at all. Some people have shared the opinion, including medical professionals, have shared the opinion that if you've had COVID or you've had it recently and therefore you've got the antibodies, you don't need to get the vaccine. It's not a good health decision for you to make. Now, that's just some opinions out there. You know, a couple of days ago, Fauci, that everybody still leans to on and hangs on every word for reasons we'll never be able to understand, Fauci was asked, what, what are we going to do about Christmas? Are people going to be able to gather again? And, and, of course, Dr. Anthony Fauci's like, well, the jury's is still out. You know, one of those things. The, the, who's still the out? Jury the jury is still, still out. out. Uh, that was a terrible um, Fauci. Forgive me. <laughs> but um, Dr. Marty McCary, Johns Hopkins guy that you see on right. Fox News and other outlets, he was asked about that a couple of days ago, earlier this week, and McCary is of the opinion that almost every adult should be vaccinated or have had COVID by December. Therefore, it's not a big deal. You should be able to gather again. Yes. Yeah. 
uh, Dr. Fauci's 15 minutes of fame has turned into 15 months. And he's yeah. eating it up every second he yeah. gets. Well, the problem is the mainstream media is not challenging him. Like, it's when he speaks, it's like God. You're not allowed. And if you question him, you're a flat earther. You right. know, that's right. that's yeah. what it's come down to. This, this is indoctrination uh, that's been going on in this country. You've got people, you've, you've got misinformation going out there. Listen, I never took, yeah, I've yeah. never had a flu shot. All right. right. Again, right. I'm not against flu shots. Right. I've never had it. Uh, if you have natural immunity, immunity that's come out, you've been exposed to COVID. You didn't even know it. You may have had some mild symptoms and go get a checkup on your antibodies. If you've got lots of antibodies, yeah. why would you force that individual to take a shot like you have never had the flu shot before namely because they need to rebrand it yeah because i'm not putting anything if they if they'll rebrand it uh, don't get the flu shot you know what i'm saying <laughs> mm -hmm. but if as long as you're gonna call it the flu shot in my mind i'm just kidding here but uh, uh, that was a bad joke but let me just uh just say this about the flu shot for example you were saying like you, Fred, I've never had it. Mm -hmm. uh, I know it's available. Uh, Walgreens has a sign. Uh, my doctor's office has a sign. I know it's available. But uh, I've decided I don't want to get that. And if I get the flu, I get the flu. Okay? Mm -hmm. And I'll be sick and come back. Mm -hmm. uh, that's typically mm -hmm. what happens with people. 99.9% .9 of the time, I would mm -hmm. say. So, but, but, so you make the uh, value, you, you make the uh, risk reward, as I said earlier, a judgment on something like that. Mm -hmm. So uh, we'll, we'll see where this forced vaccination goes. I'm wondering if, if the uh, virus subsides like it, it is now. Now it subsided also last spring and then right. it came back with a, like a roaring wildfire in the with summertime. With the variants, yeah. With the variants. So that, that may happen again. Who knows? But I'm, I'm wondering if it continues to subside, will these heavy-handed government mandates uh, continue to uh, be in place? Yeah, and that's one thing that I've, I've been curious about uh, because, you know, a lot of people are led to believe through lack of news coverage, like what the example I gave with USA Today where they don't push back on these things. There's a number of remedies out there, and I'm not talking about the things you might Treatment see. Treatment, you mean yeah. after you get COVID? There's a number of there's a number of medicines out there. Now you've got the uh, the infusions, uh, you've got the antibody treatments, right. you've got all these other things that don't require you to get the shot or vaccination or jab or whatever you want to. Well, call you've already it. got it though. Yeah. But if you get if you get COVID, then you need to be treated. And I might say. If you get COVID, you suspect you have COVID, you don't need to wait around exactly. uh, a week. Right. To I would strongly recommend right. that, you do not do the, that. A lot of people who go into the hospital were people that were uh, said, didn't go to the doctor in time. Right. They were, or or mm -hmm. their doctor early on wouldn't give them any. Just go home, take some leave, and hope for the best. That right. was kind of the early treatment, right? Mm -hmm. But now we do have treatments uh, that uh, and uh, what do you call it? Thera therapeutical. Mm -hmm. And we'll presumably we'll have more because those things are going to create competition. They're going to force a company that's not yet on the stage to come up with something to try to add to the mix. Yeah. All right. It's about time for a break right here. Uh, so we're going to take our, our break and come back with more with Chris. So the president is in, in, uh, going to Chicago today to, to uh, tout his uh, vaccination mandates, as he's calling it. His vaccination mandates all right 
I don't think that's a winner, but maybe maybe Biden does. Evidently, he does because mm-hmm. he's going to do that. All right, you're listening to today's issues on American Family Radio. A lot more, a lot of more stories to cover when we get back from this uh, timeout. Stay with us. In his image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality. I loved it. I loved how biblically sound it was, all the scripture to back it up. The testimonies were very powerful. If it's a prodigal child that has just run away, or one that's caught up in same-sex attraction, there's hope in Jesus. In His Image is now available on DVD and can be purchased in bulk to pass out to friends and family. Order today by visiting afastore.net. You know, when Matthew 19, the the scripture records a Pharisee trying to test Jesus concerning marriage, and Jesus responded, Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female? And for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. In the beginning, the first institution God created was the family. Marriage is the centerpiece of family. As a husband and father myself, let me tell you, (laughs) marriage is absolutely wonderful. And we want to encourage and educate people to embrace God's design as the fundamental building block for all of human civilization and to celebrate the lifelong union of one man and one woman as the objective institution that produces human flourishing. Tune in to By Design as we explore God's true purpose and design for marriage. Just visit the podcast page at AFR.net. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes. Stand by for news and commentary next. Hi, this is Todd Starnes, and I want to invite you and your family to join me for a weekend at one of the nation's premier firearms training centers. It's the Patriot Academy Constitutional Defense Course, hosted by America's Constitution Coach Rick Green. Rapid-fire constitutional training in the classroom and real-time gun training on the range. Mark your calendars now, November 28th, three- and five-day options available. To sign up, go to patriotacademy.com backslash Todd Starnes, patriotacademy.com backslash Todd Starnes. Pro-vaccine fundamentalists are turning up the fire under parents who have yet to get their kids vaccinated. One Texas mom complained on TikTok that her child's pediatrician refused to see her son because he was not jabbed. Now they have to find a new doctor. Journalist David Fromm suggested that states should ban unvaxxed children from playing Little League or even attending school. Missing in all the hyperventilating, though, is the science. Children are the least likely to get the virus and the most likely to recover if they do. An inconvenient truth, and here's another. Researchers are very concerned about the growing number of vaccinated kids now suffering from heart problems. And it's not clear why. Maybe because there was very little time to actually study the effects of the vaccine on kids. Another inconvenient truth. My new book, by the way, available at your favorite bookstore or online at toddstarns.com. In him we were also chosen as God's own, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything by the counsel of his will, in order that we, who were the first to hope in Christ, would be for the praise of his glory. Ephesians chapter 1, 
verse 11 and 12. American Family Radio. This is Today's Issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of Today's Issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of Today's Issues. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to Today's Issues. That's the name of this program on American Family Radio. Uh, we thank you for listening to AFR Tim with Fred, Chris, and Ray. And uh, we, we uh, ask, invite you to join us on Facebook or YouTube. Just type in Today's Issues. Also, uh, we have the American Family Radio app. So if you go someplace and you don't have access to one of our radio stations, you can just download the AFR app and listen anywhere uh, in the world as long as you have high-speed uh, high internet coverage. All right, Chris, what's the next story? Well, we spent a fair amount of time talking about this yesterday, but the issue is still going on, and I wanted to bring it up again today to get your uh, opinion on it today, yours meaning Tim and Ray and Fred. Okay. Uh, you know, as we have reported on AFN.net, and uh, you've heard it on the radio as well, you've got Attorney General Merrick Garland uh, saying in recent days uh, that he wants the Department of Justice to s start looking into incidences uh, involving parents and school board members and officials and teachers and school staff, stuff like that. You know, uh, there have been a lot of um, events recently in the news, really going back to May of uh, this year, where people heard about uh, maybe something like critical race theory or gender issues, yeah. sexual education curriculum they didn't agree with, stuff like that. And as a lot of people have the right to do, they go to these school board meetings. Sometimes they might lose their temper. They're very um, vocal in their objections to these things. But now Merrick Garland, the chief law enforcement officer of the United States, wants government officials to start investigating parents, uh, basically putting them it's, on the same level as a domestic terrorist. This is typical totalitarianism thought process by the liberals in this country. Listen, if you have a problem at a school board meeting, right? Mm -hmm. By problem, I mean somebody gets violent or threatens somebody. Here's what you do. You call the police department or the sheriff's office and you say, can you please come down here? We have a problem. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, most all right, so that's what you do. You don't say, uh, we have a problem. Somebody call the FBI. All right, that, that's the liberal answer to it. What they're wanting to do here, what Biden and company and his, his attorney general. By the way, you're talking about politicizing the Justice Department? Yes. <laughs> Remember, Weaponizing. That's what, that's what they accused Trump of? Mm -hmm. This is just out in the open. Merrick, Merrick Garland, who's the attorney general, right, he's the one talking about this and and and, and uh, you know, wanting to move forward with this. I, this is uh, uh, totally unnecessary. It's trying to, what this is trying to do is trying to intimidate uh, parents across the country from going to school board meetings and speaking out against critical race theory, mm -hmm. for example. He's wanting to shut down any debate on that. How do I do that? I want to scare the mess out of people by right. saying, by saying, if you object at a, uh, a meeting of something the left wants to promote, then we will, uh, you know, you potentially, you could have the FBI on your case. Um, th that's the way I see this, Fred. This, uh, we're learning more about this. Mark Levin, uh, who is <clears throat> in the justice system for quite some time, 
He says this was a setup. What, Every, what everybody, was, all, party, setup? all parties involved connected together on this. This is what Mark Levin believes. Number one, this, this all started with a letter from the Umbrella Group that represents school board uh, members across the country. Okay. They sent a letter to the White House. In that letter... They were concerned uh, to the point where they start addressing people as potential domestic terrorists that are showing up at the meetings. That letter goes to the White House and then finds its way Mm -hmm. to the Department of Justice within five days. Mark Levin says that never happens. You send a letter to the White House asking for help, and in five days, the Attorney General of the United States... (laughs) issues a memo saying we're going to come to your town the fbi agents we're going to come to your town and we're going to help you school board identify what are the real threats now here's another thing andy mccarthy you see him on fox every now and then he's a former federal prosecutor he says garland knows what he's doing is wrong and that's because garland was part of the clinton administration all right the justice department He says, this is Andy McCarthy, he says, Garland well knows, as he and Clinton officials stressed to me nearly 30 years ago, that in the incitement context, the First Amendment protects speech unless it unambiguously calls for the use of force Mm -hmm. that the speaker clearly intends under circumstances in which the likelihood of violence is real and imminent. Even actual threats of violence are not actionable unless they meet this high threshold. Now, that's what Garland argued when he was in the Justice Department in the Clinton administration. Gotcha. gotcha. And now, all of a sudden, he's he's Biden's attorney general. Now, all of a sudden, he's, oh, we're worried about those people who are against mask mandates for their kids. We're worried about those people. We're worried about those people who are speaking out against critical race theory. Did, did, did he have a quote? Is there a quote from uh, from the... From Attorney, Garland? From the Attorney General? Yes. Can you find that in on, a mem- on this matter? Yes. Give me a direct quote Okay. From him. Garland said there has been a, quote, disturbing spike in harassment, intimidation, and threats of violence against school administrators, board members, teachers, and staff who participate in the vital work of running our nation's public schools, end quote. Harassment. Harassment is not violence. Right. It's not. Harassment is what you saw... Th- those protesters following uh, Senator, yeah, yeah, Cinema, Cinema uh, right. into a washroom—that's yeah. harassment. Right, right. Hey, does, right. is Garland is, does yeah. Garland going to sick the FBI on those protesters? Yeah, yeah. No. and telling somebody you're going to vote them out of office is not a threat. That's just a prediction. Yeah, right. Go ahead. Look, this is this is just out and out intimidation by the Justice Department. They want to silence yeah. conservatives who are finally showing up at the local level, speaking out to the school board. Right. You know, nothing is more nothing is more American than to speak out to defend your children. So God bless those parents, conservatives, libertarians, whatever they are, who 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 may be Christian or maybe not, but they are really concerned about what is going on in the public schools of America. And if you aren't concerned, you ought to be because some awful things are happening. This is just an attempt by the White House through the Justice Department, to yeah. say, don't you dare speak out or you may be labeled a domestic terrorist. It's out-and-out out 
blatant intimidation. That's yeah. all it is. I've got some audio here, a couple of clips, but let's do this one. Uh, speaking this morning on Fox and Friends, Laura Trump, daughter-in-law of Donald Trump, said this is the weaponization of the judicial system against Americans. Clip five. Americans and particularly parents are absolutely fed up right now with what they see happening to our children in schools. They're fed up with the mask mandates. They're fed up with the critical race theory, with the indoctrination of our children to hate our country, to hate one another. They're fed up with, in some places, vaccine mandates for their children to even be able to attend school. And it seems like, guys, there is zero kind of focus on actually making sure that our children are proficient right. in reading, in math, and things that can further their future. Um, but what you heard from, from the, uh, the Justice Department there is that they don't care what you have to say. They are happy to indoctrinate our children. They are happy to tell parents that they are domestic terrorists for taking an interest in our children's education and our most precious right. commodity, the children of America. There you a lot go. to take in there. I also, uh, in a story that we have airing today, let's do this clip too, because I want to make sure we include uh, another parent and a mother here. Uh, Laura Trump is one of those as well. But um, here now is Victoria Cobb of the Family Foundation of Virginia talking to AFN about this uh, situation. Clip six. We would never condone any violence for any reason at a school board meeting. But the reality is that there's simply a lot of parent concern that is being voiced at a, at a larger volume than ever before. It's not actually that there are overwhelming numbers of threats. And anything where we would see the Attorney General marshal of the FBI to try to create a chilling effect and shut down these parents is truly devastating. Parents don't deserve to be treated like domestic terrorists. Now, the reason I called Victoria Cobb is because she's in Virginia, Loudoun County. It's basically in the news every day for some situation involving a parent and a school board official. Yeah, with well, that earlier quote from the Attorney General, Merrick Garland, he, maybe he did, but he needs to release. Uh, he says there's a growing trend. Mm -hmm. but he needs to release. Uh, Numbers. Uh, g give me about 20 examples mm -hmm. around the country where violence has taken place at school board meetings. Yeah. And, and that kind of thing. And, you know, look, if violence was going on at these uh, things on a wide scale, we'd be sitting here denouncing it. Oh, yeah. And the other thing is, as I said earlier, even so, even so, even if he can put forth 20 examples. Oh, yeah. Uh, I would say, well, that's 20 examples where you call your local police department mm -hmm. or your uh, uh, sheriff's department. You don't call the FBI for somebody getting out of hand at a school board meeting. That's just... That that is to our point. That is all it is is trying to shut down the uh, speech of people, try, trying to intimidate people against speaking out. That's all it is. Let's move on to the next topic. Right. Well, this very well could have been the lead because um, it's still going on, even though you don't hear Joe Biden and Merrick Garland and other people talking about it. Obviously, you still got a lot of people showing at the showing up at the border. You got a lot of people crossing over the border illegally. All kinds of things. And, uh, you know, a number of governors, not just Greg Abbott in Texas, uh, have uh, gone to the border uh, to try to bring attention to the issue, keep it going in the news, not just a uh, topic of discussion. Harris went to program. El Paso to the airport. She did. <laughs> she did yes. that a couple months well, ago. Well, you know, she was put in charge of that months ago, so it's about time the she border? actually did her job. The border? Yeah, she was put in char charge of the border yeah, from day that one. Was, that was a joke. Bad well, joke. Go ahead. As are most of her assignments. But anyway, uh, here is an, an, another example, not from a, a governor of a, a southern state or somebody on the border. This is Montana Governor Greg Gianforte, if I said his name correctly. 
Uh, he told Fox earlier today that the border surge is an unmitigated disaster of Joe Biden's making. Clip nine. It is a human humanitarian disaster. It is a national security disaster. Uh, in July alone, we saw not about nine tons of methamphetamine come across the southern border. We've now the number of illegal immigrants has gone up every single month since Joe Biden has taken office. We now have, we've had over 1.3 million illegals apprehended at the southern border. Those are just the ones that were caught. That's more than the t entire population of my state of Montana. And this is totally brought on by the lack of leadership out of the Biden administration. And the reason we're here is to draw attention to this issue. Now, it's, I think it's important to hear from governors from other states, not just a Greg Abbott or Arizona's governor or Tate Reeves or somebody here in the south, um, or at least along the border, because, uh, and Tate Reeves, I believe, has said, has said the, this. The governor of Mississippi. Yes. Has you do this. know that's not a border state. Well, yes, sir, but Chris. we do have a problem here with illegal immigrants that come to Mississippi from Texas or one of the other border states. But. Right. Um, Governors have said that, look, you know, it's not just a Texas problem. It's not just an Arizona problem. It's Listen, every state's problem. I, I don't mean to sound like I don't care about this because uh, I do or sound flippant uh, or dismissive. <clears throat> this is uh, this issue is Biden and Harris and the Democrats they are doing this on purpose. They're not enforcing the laws of our country on immigration on the border because they don't want them enforced. They want to flood our country with as many people coming here, uh, poor and uneducated and needy, as they possibly can. That's why all those folks came from Haiti, who are, by the way, many of them were already living in Mexico. That's why, as Fred has talked about, the nationalities coming across our southern border are not just Central American. Mm -hmm. 26 countries. 26 countries. This is a cottage industry now, if you can call it, maybe a straight-up industry. I don't know about a cottage industry where uh, there, pe people around the world are being told, if you can get into Mexico, then we can get you over the uh, border in, in, in Texas primarily and get you into the mainland. And what Biden and Harris are doing, these people are flooding in. And when they get here, we give them, you know, like a welcome wagon bag with the subway coupon. Subway coupon. I'm, I'm, basically, that's what we're, mm -hmm. remember when remember when Biden said, all the Democrats raised their hand and said, "Are if uh, are you for providing free health care mm -hmm. for people who have come here illegally to our country?" All the Democrats said, "You betcha, we are." Well, that's what I mean. This is in, they've incentivized this. So, I guess what I'm saying is, I'm kind of tired of talking about this because there's nothing the governors can do. Poor Greg, Greg Abbott has tried everything he can. He's put some national, I guess, some sheriffs on the border. They tried to use horseback. Uh, well, that was the border border, border patrol. patrol. That wasn't the Texas Rangers. There's nothing. I don't mean to sound fatalistic, but I'm just telling you, it's the job of the federal government to defend our borders. And when the president, who's in charge of the federal government, doesn't want to defend those borders, there's nothing the states can do, in my humble opinion, except do what they did. 
governors hold press conferences where they where they complain. Well, Abbott's been complaining for eight months. It hasn't stopped anything. I appreciate his mm-hmm. him defending his state, but there's something wrong when there's something wrong when the person in charge of defending the country's borders doesn't do that mm-hmm. and intentionally doesn't do that. I don't know what you do short of changing him, right? Getting him out that can stop because uh, the people who vote Democrat in this country don't care about this issue. They, you know what I'm saying? The people who voted for Biden, <clears throat> am I wrong? I don't think no, the people well, who voted, there are look, fellow Americans and they don't give a rip how many people have come here illegally. Go Tim, ahead. How many, how many times have we said elections have consequences? Yeah. We did not have this problem one year ago. We didn't have it. No, last Trump November. had the border under control. That's exactly right. He he came into a chaotic situation, and this is one of his great success stories. He handed over the southern border to the yes. Biden administration. Yes. They are the ones who've messed yes. it up. And, and the only additional point I would make is uh, this hasn't happened by accident, Tim. This is this is not a bug. This is this is what right. it was designed to do. There is no. There is no security down on the southern border. No, that's why Harris doesn't go down there. She wants people to come here illegally. Go ahead, Fred. Joe Biden, candidate Joe Biden, what did he say? If I'm elected president, I will invite a surge. That's what he said. That's what he said. He said, we'll get rid of Trump's wall. Yes. Well, you're going, I'm going, why would you want to remove a physical impediment Mm -hmm. that keeps keeps our border under control? You want to remove it? Yeah. He stopped. Stop building. He said, I'll invite a surge. Number two, uh, Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas, just in the last two weeks, he says, we do not believe in walls. That's what he said publicly. We played the clip here. We do not believe in walls. So the only thing that can be done now, you have a midterm election coming up. Uh, That can't do anything either, Fred. Well, if Republicans were to gain the House and the Senate, then you impeach Joe Biden for dereliction of duty. Well, now that's a possibility. Uh, that, that you're right. That is a possibility. You could, you could do that. Uh, that is, that is a real, you're right. Uh, I was wrong on that. If the Republicans were to be able to control the house, they could force the issue on immigration. And, but I, the, the I don't know any better description of dereliction of the duty than what's happening on our Southern border right now. No. It, there's some, I guess what I'm saying earlier, there's something wrong when the governor of a state cannot stop people from, coming into his state illegally mm-hmm. there, there's something wrong and and, and so governor abbott is helpless mm-hmm. basically other than the bully pulpit he has as a governor uh it seems to me like it, it's it's uh, because the border border patrol is overwhelmed and listen you have a democrat congressman who represents uh, a district on the border Quayar. but uh, yes between texas and mexico mm-hmm He's been crying out loud about this for eight months now or longer. The, Biden doesn't even give a rip about a Democrat congressman That's complaining right. about it. That's right. That tells you all you need to know. Mm-hmm. So, um, it, and, and as I said, uh, to, not to belabor a point, but if, if our fellow Americans who vote Democrat don't care that our country is being invaded by millions and millions of people, 
And I feel sorry for these people on a personal level. Yeah. Just looking There's at them. There's a reason they come here. Yeah, I mean, I feel sorry for them. I mean, if, if I was in desperate like they, they maybe I'd try to do the same thing. But that, but that's kind of beside the point. Beside the point is, do you have law and order? Do you have immigration laws or don't you? And the Democrats believe you don't. And that's a fundamental difference. Republicans, by, by, uh, by and large, believe in border control, controlling immigration. Democrats believe y'all come and we'll pay for you, we'll pay for you to live when you get here. Yep. So that's a fundamental difference. Yeah, Democrats, I think, need to be concerned about this for a couple of things, including the drug situation, because there are documented cases where illegals are bringing drugs over here, uh, and that's obviously killing people, but including Democrats. that's been going Democrats. on prior to yeah, uh, it has. Biden. You've got a, you've got a COVID-slash-jobs issues, because some yeah. of these people are carrying COVID into the U.S., and they're being dispersed into Lord knows where. They're not being forced to be vaccinated at the border. Uh, they're taking jobs from people. And then you've got the tax dollars issue. We cannot afford to pay for everything that Democrats want to pay for if we're devoting time and resources to this issue. Yeah, but here's what they want to do. I say it's on purpose, and then we'll move on. I'm just following the, you know, trying to use reason, mm -hmm. right? Trying to reason, logic, and and uh, consequences for why you say, why does somebody do so, what their motivations are? So the idea is for the Democrats is to flood our country with millions of people and millions while they can, while the open, open the border while they can, let millions and millions of people in so that they can make them become legal citizens with amnesty so that they will be Democrat voters from now till Jesus comes back. Yep. which will in turn turn our nation into a socialistic country, which will one day ruin it yep. completely. That is the agenda. That is the goal of Biden and Harris and the Democrat Party. That's the only thing you can come, you can come to. Now, now they would probably, uh, if you could give them true serum, they would probably say, yeah, flood the country, give them amnesty, turn them into Democrat voters. Now, they would probably say, but not to destroy America completely, but ultimately that's what it does. You turn into Venezuela. Uh, you got too many people dependent to, uh, who you can't take care of everybody. You can't provide free insurance for everybody like Biden wants to do who comes here. That's why they come here. Mm -hmm. He's promised all these goodies. Yep. Why do you think? The, and you, and you, then you say, well, we don't believe in walls. Well, what do you, what do you do? We don't believe in horses, mm -hmm. right? But what do you, what do you believe in to stop? We don't believe in deportation. You see what I'm saying? Yep. Only thing you can say is, this is on, on purpose and on design. Next story. Move on, Chris. Well, I'm wound up, Chris. Stop it. <laughs> let's, uh, let's, um, let's do this. Let's uh, do this. Supreme Court. Uh, you know, there have been a lot of people that have pushed to add to the number of justices on the Supreme Court going from 9 to 13. And I've never understood why they want to go to 13 as the magical number. But that is an issue that uh, a lot of Democrats uh, have pushed to do. And, you know, many months ago, President Biden created a commission to uh, gather and discuss, among other things, adding to the number of justices on the Supreme Court. Uh, he also wants this panel or commission to discuss the length of service and turnover of justices on the court, so term limits. Uh, he also wants the commission to discuss uh, things like the court's case selection, rules and practices, stuff like that. One of the groups that's really been uh, critical of this has been First Liberty Institute, and they've been working uh, for a long time now 
uh, to try to gather signatures for what's called a public comment, voicing their opposition for this. Do we have time for a clip? Okay, let's do this. This is First Liberty Attorney Jeremy Dice telling me at AFN.net why his law firm is opposed to these Supreme Court reforms. Clip 8. We're talking about adding potentially numbers to the Supreme Court, new justices there that would increase its size. There's really no limiting principle about how big it could become eventually. Uh, every every country that's tried that has just decimated the independence of the judiciary. We're also talking about proposals that are as crazy as uh, removing the function of judicial review, meaning that you would require a, a supermajority of justices to invalidate an act of Congress rather than the raw majority that is required right now. Uh, that That is a core function of our democracy. It's the court saying that, hey, we're going to tell you what the Constitution actually says and be the final word on this whole thing so that the court does not become politicized. Mm-hmm. What's going on right now is that there's a very vocal minority of people on the left that are demanding that that this court cater to the political whims of the Congress and the White House. And if it becomes just another political football, well, then our country is really going to suffer. Now, there is nothing that requires Joe Biden to take what this commission comes up with and write it into law or do an executive order or something yeah. like that. But if he went so far as to create it, he is open to what they're talking about. Uh, yeah, I don't think they're, I personally don't think they're going to spend much capital as the Biden administration, what capital they have left <laughs> on this issue. Just don't. I just don't think it's very popular with the majority of people. Talking about expanding the Supreme Court. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, they got problems with Manchin and Cinema, mm-hmm. Democrats, senators, uh, who are basically standing in the way of Biden and all the, quote, progressives getting everything they want. Yes. We ought to be thankful for those two senators right now, Democrat senators. Yeah. Kind of, they've got their finger in the dike. <laughs> That's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, we're going to take a break right here. We'll be back with more of today's issues here on American Family Radio in five minutes. Stay with us. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.